Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another Bear Necessities podcast. I'm your host, Austin, and with me is my gracious co-host, Reese. Oh, thank you. How gracious I am to be on this podcast. But, you know, now it's always a treat. Um, you know, how have things been going for you? It's been a little while since we, you know, caught back up and hopped on the podcast. And it's been a little bit busier for us. Yeah, I mean, it, things have been good. I was sick all of last week, which absolutely sucks pretty pretty much. But now, you know, I'm starting to feel better. Uh, wasn't the dreaded COVID. I uh, already had that. Luckily, did not have that a second time. I know some people got the second time. You, Reese, you, uh, you've been skating by. You, you haven't gotten COVID yet, right? Yeah, I mean, at least, um, you know, I've been tested on a couple different occasions and, you know, I've taken other measures and such forth. Um, but yeah, I mean, at least to my knowledge, I've not had it. But who knows, honestly, um, you know, sometimes it's tough. Dig into social distancing. Good man. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> right. I try, you know, a, a decent amount. I don't think I'm necessarily probably doing everything I could, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I think all of us to a certain extent, uh, you know, we all have our things that we like to do that aren't necessarily the the most, uh, I guess, social distancing responsible. Uh, you know, I, I for one, enjoy a, a game of five-on-five basketball. Uh, well, and, that, uh, that's not too bad, though. That's keep, physical it activity. It keeps me in shape. You know? keeps me in shape, yeah. It offsets. Like, <laughs> yeah, offsets, you know. It's... Uh, it's like they say in the office, it's uh, double jeopardy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, offsets. All right. Um, let's go ahead and start into the podcast, guys. So we're sorry that we uh, kind of slowed down with our posting. Uh, we're really hoping to start ramping this up because we are officially one month out from NFL free agency, um, which is one of my favorite times of the year. Obviously, that and the draft. Uh, you know, as Bears fans, we said this last year. Uh, we live in this. This is our season, you know. <laughs> this is our season. The off season is our season, um, and uh, you know, I'm sure we'll see uh, after the conclusion of the season a lot of uh, 13 and four record predictions from uh, Chicago Bears Instagram fan accounts. Um, you know, uh, maybe we'll get there, <laughs> maybe, but uh, likely not. So let's. We want to kind of keep. Uh, you know, a realistic mind as we go into this offseason. Uh, realistically, I think we've talked about it. This is more, this isn't like 2018, I would say, where kind of Ryan Pace had all this time to build up a roster, got his young quarterback at the end of it. And then uh, we were really looking at a situation with favorable cap space um, and just a lot of young drafted or really good um uh, like free agent signing contracts, uh, talent on the right. roster uh, going into 2018. It's not like we're going to ha- that's the situation here. It's a little bit different. We have the quarterback, but, and we do have, you know, a lot of people say we don't have a lot of young talent. I think we do have some good talent on this team. Um, it's really a matter of filling in some of the holes now though. Like I remember that 2017, 17 team uh, on defense, at least wasn't a lot of holes, you know, the, the 2017 going into 2018, our defense this year, there's going to be a lot of holes on it. There's, there's going to be a scheme change, which is going to create some more holes, which kind of stinks. But, um, ultimately we're kind of looking at a two year rebuilding window, I would say. So we are going to have this off season and then another off season with a full set of draft picks. Um, yeah. Yeah. Any, any thoughts on, well, on yeah. anything I said there? Reese? And we'll get a little bit, you know, into this deeper later on in the podcast, because we're going to talk about wide receivers, um, not to not to ruin the surprise for anyone that's listening. But I've seen a lot of talk, especially when it comes up with the names like Gallup, 
um, Godwin, you know, players that have gotten hurt and some Bears analysts saying, well, why would the team take a run on someone that might not be back until mid next season at best, which, you know, we'll see. I know for, you know, Godwin and Gallup, some people are saying that at least for Gallup, I've seen that he could be back around 100% in August. So, you know, probably mm-hmm. ready to play um, by the regular season at that point. At least that would be the hope. Uh, but I think what you said, as far as like the two two year rebuilding slash retooling, whatever you want to call it, um, window, I, I think that's accurate. So I don't see there is necessarily a need for there to be instant impact with some of these signings. Of course, that would be great. Um and I'm really looking forward to the draft. I think that the Bears uh, will have a good opportunity to pick up some quality players, even though they don't have a first-round pick. I do think that there's depth, especially at the positions that they need. Um, but, yeah, looking more at free agency, I, I think that you know we should be maybe more concerned about impact, um, likely, or more so than timeliness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I agree to a certain extent with that. You know, here's the thing is, unfortunately, we have to do this balancing act. And some of the free agents that we kind of mentioned in previous things, they might be like, oh, if we're rebuilding, why would you want to go out and sign a Toronto Armstead, right? Who's going to be 30 this year and has going to be getting like a $19 million to $25 million deal somewhere in that range. Um, why would you want to sign him? And the answer is pretty simple. It's how we also need to account for Justin Fields development and if he's going to have a really crappy team around him odds are unless he's you know someone like Deshaun Watson that can just supersede any of the crappy talent around him and a crappy offensive line uh he's not going to do very well so we still need to put Fields in a favorable position so that's that's going to be the interesting I'm really interested to see how Poles kind of handles this because yeah realistically we should be looking at that two-year window that's really the team but at the same time we need to kind of value this next year because it's going to be so huge in fields development yeah most definitely i think that's a a very strong point and we want to put him in a better position than he was last year and and so much of that comes down to coaching but also the players around him um and i think that when it comes down to a certain you know couple of position groupings you know the bears Mm -hmm. are a little bit thin at those places already so it allows you to make a a quicker change, you know, when it comes down Certainly. to things like offensive line, um, where they have, you know, quite a few players under contract, but still room to, to add some more people um, to cut out some of the dead weight, if you will. And also other places, wide receiver, cornerback. Um, and I think that even like you mentioned, the scheme shift on the defensive end opens up some new opportunities. Um, I think that allows you to just kind of evaluate the defense with a complete blank slate. Um, are these mm-hmm. players going to be useful in this new scheme or not? Um, and if it's a check mark for yes, then I think that you consider them and, and retaining them in their contract. But if it's a no, um, I, I think you seriously consider getting rid of some of that, you know, dead weight. And that was a, a, that's a great point there, especially with having a new GM too. Is that you kind of do get this blank slate evaluation? Um, something I. At first, when Ryan Pace first kind of got here, I thought he kind of valued the guys that he drafted a little too much and gave them a little too much of an opportunity. Hint, hint, Kevin White. Uh, you know, I th- like going, especially going into that first year with Trubisky, having Kevin White and Cam Meredith as your starting receivers or and really your only receivers. Uh, yeah, very bold strategy there. Uh, but at least towards the end of it, I thought Ryan Pace started to kind of, you know, become a little more mindful of what he was doing um whether it was right or wrong he did cut someone like uh with like uh leonard floyd 
uh, going into his fifth year option, bringing someone like Robert Quinn in, kind of recognizing a mistake that he could have possibly made. Leonard Floyd, in hindsight, in hindsight, you probably do want to. It's hard to say because if we get trade value from Robert Quinn, then I think the Robert Quinn signing was still the best signing. But in the moment, uh, I, you know, getting a, a guy like Robert Quinn over to Leonard Floyd, I thought was a no brainer. Uh, his first year didn't turn out that well, but now he just set our sack record last year. Uh, only issue now is that Robert Quinn's getting older and Leonard Floyd is still fairly young, even though Leonard Floyd has not nearly been as productive throughout his career as Robert Quinn. Um, this is going to be a really, you know, I think refreshing off season for bears fans. We're going to see guys like James Daniels have like a fair, you know, evaluation, Cody Whitehair, you know, another Ryan Pace draft pick fair evaluation, really interested to see what we do with that offensive line. But you know, in this episode, guys, we're going to be talking about wide receiver. We're going to be talking about wide receiver. Um, and we're going to, that position group is, uh, also one of extreme need. We have literally one player that was on the, that was like a starter last year as a, on contract, Darnell Mooney. We also have Daz Newsome, but he was mostly on the practice squad last year. Um, but before we do that, man, I, we have to go over some, uh, some news. Yeah, most definitely. And I, I really kind of, when I was talking to Austin before we recorded this, I, I wanted to take a step back and be like, Hey, you know, there's been a lot of moving pieces in this division, and we're far from it being settled. I think a lot when we look at the NFC North hinges on okay the whole Aaron Rodgers situation. But I, I think it's really interesting when you look at it that the team that really kind of has the most continuity right now is the Detroit Lions, which I'm, Seriously. I'm not um, not necessarily advocating for them to make a huge jump to to be second in the division or, or better or something like that. Um, but it's really interesting when you take a, a quick you know step away from it and see that okay there's change on the front of the bears and the vikings the vikings bringing in kevin o'connell um bringing in quasi adolfo mensa as their gm um whole kind of situation there a lot of i'd say hype from some vikings fans maybe a little bit of reservedness as well um and then of course yeah we got the whole situation up north with uh green bay and you know two of their better players two of their best players Devonte adams and aaron Rodgers. you know their future is very much you know a big question mark there um so i really just wanted to as we start the offseason i think it's important to to track what they're going to be doing as well as the bears because it's certainly almost kind of a refresh year for the division it seems like yeah definitely um i guess why don't we go ahead and uh start off on the lions uh i i think that the lions for as bad as they were last season i think <laughs> i i don't think it's uh crazy to say that shown growth past the matt patricia eras yeah the matt patricia era for the lions was god awful yeah uh, and you know i think dan campbell uh while you know i think it's still he made some very questionable decisions as far as calls late in games. Um, if you want to kick a field goal, what you know, he made some weird calls. But at the end of the day, the players really liked him, and the team really outperformed their talent level, which is crazy to say because what they had like three or four wins last yeah. year. Yeah, it, which is crazy to say. But that that rosters that uh, I think they had like roster, two wins. I think. Well, I mean, might as well look at their record. But go ahead. <laughs> yeah. No, that Lions roster was terrible you know Amon Ross St. Brown ended up being uh one of their bright spots there uh so that that's a good piece of development there but I mean you have to wonder who uh, yeah they were three and 13 and one tie so yeah. you know I, I was think looking at this team as a potential zero win team throughout most of the year yeah um, and I think most people were and I think that 
Um, not that Eberflus and, and Dan Campbell are the same type of coaches, but I think it's almost kind of those principles that, that Dan Campbell brought to that team that's kind of similar in approach for what the Bears want to bring here. I mean, those players worked hard for him. Even in a, even like you said, it looked like it was going to be a zero-win season. They really turned it around late in the year. They were playing for their own pride um, in a way, and, and I give Dan Campbell props in that. I don't think this is a team that's going to make a, a dramatic one-year turnaround. They're not the next Bengals by any means. Um, but it's certainly, you know, it's worth giving them a little bit of attention. They do have another high-up draft pick, I think, that – you know, it's somewhat likely that they could see them bring in someone like Aiden Hutchinson or, or some elite mm. edge rusher um, after picking up Sewell last year. So they're starting to put together some of the pieces. And, you know, it, you have to especially take into account the lines that they're putting together on the offensive line, defensive line. And if they can bolster that up, I mean, it's kind of like an any given Sunday um, if they can really build an efficient offensive line and defensive line. They're a team that can give a lot of other teams you know, some issues, even though they might not have elite level talent. Um, but I, I expect them to at least, you know, more than likely finishing last place this coming year, barring um, some really weird fluke season with the bears or the Vikings or, or even green Bay at this point. Um, I could very well see them finishing on last, but I think there are a couple scenarios where they could finish third and don't see too many scenarios where they can finish better than that though. Yeah, I, w- I would be very surprised if they finished better than the Bears, per se. But if the Vikings totally melt down during the season, you know, I, I could see it. Uh, listen, here's the thing is they don't have a great quarterback. Jared Goff, yeah. I think, is pretty awful. I've always thought that. I think it's a miracle that he was able to somehow even go to the Super Bowl. Uh, but they do have some surrounding talent to build around. I mean, they have DeAndre Swift, who had a fairly good season. Their second is Jamal Williams, you know, who's a good second back. Uh, You know, they have guys like, uh, you know, TJ Hawkinson, pretty good tight end, you know, pretty good tight end. And their offensive line is growing, I would say. They have Jonah Jackson, who made his first Pro Bowl this year. Um, They have Penny Sewell, which I still don't understand why they want him at right tackle. Um, Doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But, um, you know, he he kind of underperformed his draft pick this past year, but he still was pretty good. You know, yeah. he's still pretty good. And then on defense, they, ha- they have guys like Amani or um, who was, you know, I remember really liking him in college coming out of Penn state and he's been pretty good for them there. Uh, and then, you know, there's always a chance that Jeff Okuda ends up turning out. Yeah. Not, <laughs> not super high on that, which is insane. Cause he was one of the best cornerbacks I've ever watched in college. I don't know what could have happened there, but again, that was a draft pick of the past regime. Uh, they have a lot of veteran guys that they kind of need to move off of, though, like Trey Flowers. Hilariously bad free agency signing. Yeah. Trey Flowers has been straight trash for them. And I do think that most of their progress really just comes from that offensive line. I think they made quite a big leap. And I do think that, yeah, Penny Sewell, you'd expect someone to be drafted that high. I mean, top in the top 10 is going to be your kind of like franchise left tackle. Um, but instead, you know, like they move him to the right side, which, you know, I think he'll eventually and is on his way to becoming a, a fantastic right tackle. Um, still have a few more things to sure up there. And like you said, on the offensive side of the ball, Amara, St. Brown, Swift, they got a couple names. And I think that their defense kind of underperformed. Uh, you know, I'll give Akuda the benefit of the doubt um, because that was strange that he maybe didn't quite pan out quite to the expectations that we thought of him. Um, but, you know, it's just sometimes some things aren't going to work out. 
Uh, and, you know, once again, Detroit has the draft capital to try to make it happen, but that's kind of the narrative they followed their whole existence, unfortunately, at least during the Super Bowl era. Absolutely. Completely agree with you on that. Um, what do you think is their their potential next season? I, I see maybe they can reach that six, seven win mark, I, best case scenario. I think six wins should ultimately um be what their goal is i think seven wins would be a, a an overperformance. honestly um I, I still think that that team needs three or, or four more years to to really fully build into what they need to be in order to kind of compete in the division and, and yeah Goff does not give me much confidence at the quarterback position um he can be a game manager but that's really about it yeah and you know i i agree with that that's the thing is like Goff having seven wins not on a loaded Rams roster and Sean McVay as head coach, that would be a miracle season. Tough to see. Um, it really is. Yeah, that, and there's really, I mean, if you're looking at the quarterbacks, unless they go and swing big and like trade for Deshaun Watson, which I just don't see out of the Lions organization, if I'm being completely honest, uh, nor what I, I don't think Deshaun Watson would want to go to the Lions organization either, right? At least, um, yeah, I don't see it. <laughs> and he has a no trade clause, so he can kind of control that. Really, it's not looking like there's going to be any sort of uh, better upgrade there, even with these draft quarterbacks. I mean, maybe they go and they reach for a quarterback in the first round here. Um, really the quarterbacks in this class, man, I, I, I've watched a lot of film on all of the guys. They have, there's just, everyone has a, has a strong limitation. If it's either there, I mean, uh, there's a guy like Malik Willis, which I think you say, okay, maybe you bet on the upside there, but you, really all these quarterbacks are just not good really really bad yeah and i think that there's something to be said that there's so much that happens from january into april in the draft process as far as kind of shuffling players up and down the board Mm -hmm. and what we're seeing combine too combines coming up around the corner yeah absolutely and there's a lot that we see that there's always going to be a rush on quarterbacks, right? It's very rare to see a first round where we're not seeing at least three quarterbacks picked, even on a bad year, um, just because teams always need quarterbacks and they're going to be willing to take a shot on some of these guys. And yeah, with Malik and, and with Kenny Pickett and all that, I don't see anyone that's really... And I think that with Malik Willis, I think he has potential, he has good upside, but realistically I, I think that he should fall where we were seeing him more towards the end of December which was maybe a stretch first round pick I don't think that he's someone yeah. that is really a a top 10 pick a no top way. 10 talent no and I've seen a couple mocks that have had him in the top 10 and I've been blown away um, and that's just kind of how it goes we know a couple of teams are going to reach on quarterbacks if the Lions chose to do so especially so high up I would be stunned especially with such great talent left on the board um the top 10 picks, I know a couple teams are going to reach on quarterbacks, um, but really in the top 10 this year, no one should be picking quarterbacks if we're picking purely on talent and potential. Let, let me tell you this. If Jordan Love can go in the first round, having an 18 touchdown, 18 interception season at Utah State, Malik Willis having a 27 touchdown to 12 interception season, can certainly go in the first round. Oh, most like, definitely, yeah. You know, and he might even, like, he might go, there, there's a chance he goes high. 
Yeah, Malik. I think Malik Willis has got to be the one guy where you're like, okay, if everything goes perfect, he can be a high end quarterback. Yeah. Which I don't. I mean, I think like my next guy with that. I'm not. I'm not a huge like Kenny Pickett fan. Or I think probably my next guy would be. Um, I'm blanking on his name right now. Dude from uh, UNC. Sam the Howell. Trubisky success. Yeah, Sam Howell. Sam Howell maybe is a guy where you like looking at him and you give him kind of the Drew Brees comparison. Like he could probably execute a scheme pretty well. You know, he has a fast release. Uh, he, he can play pretty flawless football per se, but you don't know how much he really gives you outside of that. Maybe you kind of give him like a Baker Mayfield comparison and maybe a team runs with that. I think maybe him going to the Saints would make a lot of sense because you already have a scheme there that fit well around Drew Brees's, you know, uh, skill set. Uh, but yeah, these, these quarterbacks are bad. And I'm sorry, Lions fans. If I'm you, I'm not taking a quarterback here. I'm not taking a quarterback this year. I say, I'll wait. I'll wait it out. You know, maybe get a guy high in the first round next year. Um, but it, it's just, I, it's hard to even say that any of these guys would be an upgrade over Jared Goff right now. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I think that if you're the Lions, you have to pull. You got to take the best, uh, I think, edge rusher available there at two. Yeah. Um, yep. I think that if they go Aiden Hutchinson, if they go Kayvon Thibodeau, I think that's a mighty fine pick. Either one of them. Yeah. Um, Don't overthink it. Exactly. I, I think that's what it boils down to. <laughs> yeah. Um, even maybe going and maybe trading down and getting a high quality offensive lineman also would be a, a suitable pick there. I'm just, I'm not looking at that. Maybe you could trade down in on your high pick and then also use that draft capital you recovered there and trade up on your low pick you got from the Rams this year. Get a, get a good wide receiver. Maybe get up there and get tra- Traylon Burks or something like that. That would make a lot of sense there. Um, but just don't overthink it. Don't draft a quarterback. I mean, maybe they, I have a feeling the Lions might go quarterback with that last first round pick. Yeah. Um, there and and try try to maybe try to you know get whatever guy they can, but none of these guys are that strong of an upgrade over Jared Goff. If I'm being completely honest, um, which I think if they wanted a Sam Howell, Sam Howell might be there at that last pick. There's a chance for that. Yeah, so. yeah, maybe Malik Willis is there. Maybe. Uh, yeah, um, but I have a feeling he's gonna somehow shoot his way up the draft board. Uh, but nonetheless, let's go ahead and move on. Uh, let's talk about the Vikings. Uh, the Vikings had an interesting offseason, to say the least. They finally got rid of uh, uh, Zimmer. Mike uh, Mike Zimmer. Mike Zimmer. Um, I uh, I always hated him. If I'm being completely honest, <laughs> I thought <laughs> I could not understand why they kept him. Uh, his like it, it just it, he never striked me as that great of a coach and it was kind of in he, he's a Kirk cousin of coaches you know he'll get he'll get you a couple winning seasons but uh not much beyond that um so I think that was a positive move in the right direction there and they obviously get Kevin O'Connell uh from the Rams organization don't really know what he did there is my that's really my question that's always been my question with Sean McVay disciples um like what are these guys really doing that is contributing the offense Here's kind of the the point that I'll make positively. Most of the McVay tree coaches have worked out so far. You know, yeah. Zach Taylor with the Bengals, he's been a little bit, I mean, some people have kind of criticized him uh, for certain things, but listen, he was coaching in a Super Bowl this year. Um, so that's clearly a win there. LaFleur, Matt LaFleur. Uh, 
I think Jerry is a little still out on him. Um, Packers fans seem to be super high on him. I'd like to see what he's like without Aaron Rodgers. Having that quarterback obviously is a huge benefit. Interesting to see what O'Connell brings. Yeah, it's also tough to call some of these guys McVay disciples quite yet because a lot of mm-hmm. them had been on previous coaching staffs and had other influences before they were even brought onto McVay's tree. But I, I think mm-hmm. with O'Connell, it's really you got to reserve judgment. I don't think I can make a, say, oh, this is a terrible coaching pick or it's a great one because, like you said, there's just not as much information that we know about him as far as you know, quite what he did within the Rams organization. I think it brings some new life, some new hope to him, to the Vikings organization. They're just in an odd point. I mean, they have a, Super a veteran quarterback, but, and they have veteran quarterback, Justin Jefferson, you know, things are looking, you know, good for them. The offensive side of the ball, they've had Delvin cook. They have the weapons. I mean, that's never really quite been their problem, at least over the past couple of years. Defense is starting to take a, a big stumble. You know, a lot of their defense was good consistently for, you know, about four years, about, you know, three, four years ago. Um, but they've lost some of that edge. And while they still have some good players, I don't think they're a team that's really quite making the push for contending. I don't think they're a player or two away. I think they're still have some ground to make up. And, you know, once again, it boils down to kind of like the Jared Goff, you know, Kirk Cousins isn't scaring anyone. And and that's just the sad part. He's going to get them some wins. He's going to play well enough. He has a decent stat line. Um, But at the same time, you know, what has he really done for them? So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm not, I'm really intrigued. I'm intrigued to see where they go with their draft as well. Um, I mean, they have some options and, you know, how big of players do they want to be in free agency? Uh, You know, my bad for not knowing completely up on their cap space, but I I don't imagine they have plenty cap space to work with this offseason. No, they don't. And here's the thing. There's been rumors that they might even extend Kirk Cousins again. Crazy. Which is insane. And the the deal that's been reported is roughly $40 a year. When you have Kirk Cousins, you have a very defined ceiling. And that's why the the Redskins at the time, now the Washington Commanders, uh, ultimately moved on from Cousins is because they recognize that very defined ceiling. I mean, this team has had some really good players offensively and defensively for the past four years since Matt Nagy was here. And the fact that Matt Nagy was able to consistently control the Vikings every single week is such really a shame for Vikings fans because the Bears didn't have any running back as good as Dalvin Cook, didn't have any wide receiver as good as Justin Jefferson. Uh, um, The entire time before Justin Fields didn't even have a quarterback as good as Kirk Cousins. So it's like, what's going on here? And when you have Kirk Cousins, you just have a very defined ceiling. The Bears this year... The the obviously the last game we we had uh, Andy Dalton playing so we'll kind of brush that aside. But the first game uh, the Bears we were completely decimated on defense. DBs all of our DBs were guys that were pretty much just signed that week of from COVID. All and all of our wide receivers were gone too that week. We damn near should have won that game. <laughs> yeah, we were, we were in the red zone like we were in the red zone six times and scored three points in that red zone in the red zone um that is just really sad for a team that has guys like dalvin cook justin jefferson adam thielen yeah 
Uh, elite, elite players in the, I mean, Adam Thielen, not so much anymore, but elite yeah. players in their position grouping, you know? I mean, Delvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, that's enough said right there. Um, and I know that Delvin Cook suffered from injury issues, but yeah, I mean, I know this was the first year that they finally swept the Bears, and it came when the Bears were just terrible, frankly. Um, yeah, and, and one of the time, our, both times we were just decimated by injuries Yeah, from COVID. And, and you know... <laughs> on, on a better they were day full strength should have probably beat the vikings the first time but they just played terribly and like i said hardly converted in the red zone i just i don't know what their outlook is. like what is what is this team's realistic goal i, I know that with bringing in o'connell and if they do look to extend kirk cousins it's clearly going to be to make a super bowl run but i just don't see it, it, it it's just yeah. when from watching the Bears for, you know, many, many years of my life, you know, since I was a kid, the Vikings were just never a team that overly scared you, and, and they still aren't. I mean, um, I, I'm curious to see what O'Connell can bring, uh, you know, any new life to Kirk Cousins game, but I'm not, you know, holding my breath for it, to be frank. These, th- this, these Vikings teams with Kirk Cousins are, to me, a great representation of those Bengals teams with Andy Dalton. It's like they always had high-level talent. A.J. Green, a lot of good running backs ran through there. Uh, just you always knew they had that defined ceiling. Would they make the playoffs? Yeah. Would they do anything in the playoffs? Hell no. <laughs> you know, like it, it was just it, there was nothing to look forward to besides maybe a good uh, regular season record. I, I just, and that's how I view this team. Yeah, I think it should be a real eye-opener for the Vikings. And I don't know how they look at this internally within their organization, but their their deepest playoff run recently was made by Case Keenum. Yeah. Yep. And I, I think that's all you really need to say there. Which is, a, <laughs> which is an embarrassment. And the only thing is they had to go through the daunted Bears these past four seasons. Matt Nagy's incredible offense was just keeping them out of the promised land every single year. Yeah, they couldn't figure it out. That guru that we had, <laughs> man. Ugh. Man. All right. Um, let's go ahead and move on. The Packers, man. Everyone's favorite to talk about. Um, before we get into it, where's your stance with these this Aaron Rodgers uh rumors like do you think he do you think he goes do you think he stays what what do you think's the plan i feel in some i, I think he might end up staying mm-hmm. but i don't for what though i'm not quite sure like who he's gonna have around him i know they've kind of promised him that they're gonna continue to compete and i think that as long as aaron Rodgers is in the division the packers are certainly still the favorite but I really want to know what does that roster have to look like in order to keep both him and Devontae Adams? And does Aaron Rodgers stay without Devontae? I mean, obviously mm-hmm. he played in many, many years before Devontae Adams even came around and had you know his fair share of receivers like Greg Jennings, Jordy Nelson, so many more. But what, what direction do they go in... I just don't know. It almost kind of feels like an odd lose-lose situation for Aaron Rodgers, um, even though you think it would be more of a position of strength kind of controlling his own destiny as far as where he goes. Here's here's kind of the best-case scenario for the Packers, and this is why I have a feeling. I was very hesitant last year to say Rodgers leaves. I thought he was going to stay last year. This year, I kind of think he leaves because here's – Here's here's the best case scenario. They somehow 
manage to keep every single player. Best case scenario. And run it back. Clearly, this past year, that wasn't nearly enough, right? That was not nearly enough just to run it back. The more likely case scenario is that they keep Rodgers, they manage to keep Devontae Adams, but then they have to cut a lot of meaningful players from the team. And even guys that are in free agency. I mean, right now this team is $50 million under the cap, and they have to still resign Robert Tanyan, Okay, they still need to resign Devontae Adams, who is looking for apparently north of $25 million per year. So then you're already under seven. That's 76. If you keep him, that's 76 million. He's not going to play on the franchise tag. Devontae Adams wants a pay- payday. He's made it that very clear. He's, I promise you, he will not play on under the franchise tag. You got to cut a guy like Adrian Amos for sure. If you want to, if you want to figure that out, um, you're going to be losing really key contributing guys like Alan Lazard, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, even guys that are backups like Equinemia St. Brown. You're compromising a lot of depth. Replaceable, guys, though. I mean, fairly yeah, replaceable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For Let's sure. A lot of these guys. Around, but. Listen, but here's the thing. You need cap space to replace these guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I agree. These talent in, in a bubble, it's like, okay, yeah, if you're losing Equinemia St. Brown, you're not worried about it. But you need cap space to replace these guys. Best case scenario is they replace some of these guys. Like, for instance, Robert Tanyan, you get a tight end in the draft, but it's like tight ends take a couple of years to develop. And then if you're also trying to keep as many players as possible, next year, their cap situation is going to be absolute garbage. Absolute, complete garbage. So you're really asking yourself, can this team with the same head coach, with the same quarterback, with less pieces around them with a very similar outlook in the NFC with the exception of Tom Brady, which this team didn't even go through this past year. You had rich Basaccia at special teams, but was that really the problem in the playoffs? If we're being completely honest, you scored 13 points in a playoff game with the, the quote unquote number one offense in the NFL. It does not seem like this team is going to be able to get get over the hump you're you're just completely betting on luck at this point point. and this past year dude the packers were incredibly lucky with their injury situation with this a lot of players year. around them i mean let's be yeah frank. This, this this was this, this was the packers year it's ridiculous like i that's the that's the thing is like does rogers really want to spend another year i mean he's what 37 now 38 now 38 he's, he's getting there. I think he's 38. 39. Yeah. He's thir- he's going to be 39 next season. Realistically, Rodgers probably has two more years left. Two or three more years left. It just doesn't make a lot of sense to me from Rodgers' perspective that he wants to do that. And then after this year, he's going to be off contract. So it's like, if you're going to be moving teams anyways, why not move a little bit younger and at least try to make something happen with it? So here's here's the the takeaway. If they move Rodgers, what what is the haul and should where should Bears fans be scared of the haul for Aaron Rodgers that the Packers could bring in? No. Okay. And I'll explain why. Because you have Jordan Love at quarterback. Yeah. Jordan Love is hot garbage. He uh, I, Packers fans that are telling themselves that they have seen anything from Jordan Love are just completely lying to themselves. And in this past season, I will give you, I listen, I will give you the respect to say 
okay, maybe when he has the entire season in his hands in his third year, it'll be something different. But so far, what has been on film? Trash. Absolute garbage. Oh, it certainly hasn't been good. Do you think there's any chance that, you know, and a lot of this depends on who the suitor for Aaron Rodgers would be in a trade, any chance that if they get, you know, a decently high first-round pick this year that they try to make another stab at quarterback? I don't think so. I think their best-case scenario is trying to trade for another quarterback um, in some sort of three-way trade. Maybe with the draft capital they get, they try to get Deshaun Watson. That's your best case scenario, right? Yeah. Is that you're able to somehow package that, get someone like Deshaun Watson, high level quarterback, young quarterback. That being said, though, like, would even Deshaun Watson's contract fit well under this team? Like, no, he's making almost forty million. So, like, you're you're going to be saying that essentially Deshaun Watson would have to play with a rebuilding team for another couple years. Does Deshaun Watson want to do that? It doesn't seem like it. If Kyler Murray has full meltdown with the Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> yeah. And I will take Kyler Murray in my division a thousand times over Aaron Rodgers <laughs> in my division, man. Like this, that's the thing though. Like I, there, I, I saw a conversation. Um, I can't remember who it was. I think it was some Packers YouTubers asking if Jordan Love was a wasted draft pick. Or if Jordan Love was a bad draft pick. Yes. Yes, he was. Outside of the fact of what he's caused with everything with Aaron Rodgers and the fan base and the angst and like the undertones throughout every season that he's that Rodgers has played since being here. It's also you also drafted a bad player. I mean, straight up, I have not seen a first round quarterback miss as many throws as Jordan Love has missed. In the six quarters that he he's played so far, six quarters, and he's looked awful. Mitch Trubisky in his second year led us to be a, a twelve and four record. Jordan Love couldn't even win a single game he was in, even though Rodgers handed him a winning. <laughs> when he took over in the Lions game, they were winning. <laughs> like, <laughs> that, that, like that's the thing. It's like okay, the Chiefs. Chiefs are a good team granted they had the worst passing defense in the entire NFL at the time and don't Jordan Love that. still couldn't get it done. <laughs> we won't talk about that though. But you're going against the Lions, man. You're going against the Lions. Andy Dalton won against the Lions. I mean, this it's just bad. And if I'm a Packers fan, man, I'm doing everything. Po- if I'm the Packers organization, I'm doing everything possible to to keep Aaron Rodgers. Because once just or Jordan Love starts taking snaps for that team, people are getting fired. Yeah. People are getting fired. Yeah. So, that, I mean, honestly, I see them trying to push that as down the road as possible. And I think, you know, Jordan Love more than likely was a bad draft pick. And I think at the very least it was poorly thought out, was not well thought out at all, um, given their current context and standing within the league. And I, I think they just wanted to look smart, man. I think the, I think the Packers wanted to look smart. And it, it kind of really backfired on them, and they kind of just look like dumb, you know. And we'll try to keep it clean on this podcast, but they just look dumb. <laughs> yeah, it looked looked incredibly dumb. All right, let's let's go ahead and talk about this season, though. Let's um, let's talk about expectations as far as 
first if Rodgers stays, second if Rodgers goes. So first off, if Rodgers stays, man, they're going to be looking at a lot of cuts around the team. Zadarius Smith, for sure, who they didn't have most of this past season, granted, is going to get cut, but he is their best pass rusher. You know, Rashawn Gary had quite a resurgence, uh, not resurgence, but he really developed this past he, year. He finally had a good year. <laughs> yeah. Put it that way. True. True. Finally had a good year. Um, so that's there. And by the way, he's going to be him and Jair Alexander <laughs> are going to be off of contracts very shortly. <laughs> yeah. That's another thing you need to think about. Jair Alexander. This is his last year, I believe, under contract. Yeah. Last year under contract. So they're going to need to extend him. Um, which is also going to be an issue there. Adrian Amos is probably also going to need to be a cap casualty. Listen, I think they were overpaying for Amos anyways. That being said, they're going to need to figure out a way to replace him, and they don't have a lot of cap space. Maybe you find a guy in the draft. Best case scenario. Um, you have to you know, look to cutting a lot of these other guys that are around the team. I mean, Robert Tanyan, is, uh, he's going to be a free agent, so you need to... Cut, you're going to need to re-sign him. Um, so that's huge. And then, uh, you know, just, I mean, you have to, like, you need to find ways to re-sign Devontae Adams. How are you going to do that? God knows what. Best case scenario, you're able to load this on one last year. One last year, you're able to get Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers together. After that, I don't know, man. It doesn't really look very bright. Yeah, I think with Aaron Rodgers, I think that, you know, they could still easily be a 10-11 win team, even with a, a very strapped roster. But I, I think that's about it. I don't think you can expect too much more from them. I don't think they'll really be a team that'll mix it up in the playoffs. So um, with that being said, you know why would Rodgers even bother coming back to that team? But and I think without Rodgers, it, it, it's pretty easy to say they're not the favorites anymore. <laughs> Um, yeah. I think very likely they, they will not be quite as good. And I think with Jordan Love, they'd probably be hoping for eight, nine wins. Um, and I don't Best know. Case scenario. I don't know if he can bring them to that. Um, so it obviously leaves a lot of division wins on the table for teams like the Vikings, um, the Bears, and even the Lions. And, you know, someone's going to have to take that position. And I'm not, you know, going to take the leap and say that's going to be the Bears today because the Bears still have a lot of things to figure out. But, you know, someone's got to take it. If if the Packers are going to take a big step back, it's got to be someone. Yeah, certainly. I, I, I agree with that. I, I guess the real question is if the Packers lose Jordan Love, they're not going to be – or sorry, if the Packers lose Jordan Love, they're screwed. No, definitely not. <laughs> if the Packers lose Aaron Rodgers, they are screwed. Where do you think they finish in the division, man? Like I, I'm thinking like – Maybe they finish better than the Lions. But I think they have easily the worst quarterback in the division. Like, even over... Even over... Uh, Goff. Yeah. Goff. I, I think that they could... They could finish third without Aaron Rodgers. Second seems like a stretch, though, because, I mean, you yeah. figure without Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams is certainly not there. Yeah, he's gone. Um, so... You know, bomb. which by the way, he won't be a free agent either. He might get traded as well. I think the Packers are smart enough to tag and trade Devontae Adams. I would think so. They're going to have a lot of opportunity to bring in a lot of new young players, and I don't think it would all line up. I think that likely without Rodgers, you're looking at probably a third place finish, very best case scenario, probably second. Um, but I would really be shocked if they could 
turn it around and, and win the division. I don't see it happening. So I think it would probably be right above the Lions more than likely. And it, it could be close with the Lions too as well. I mean, it could be like the Lions yeah. with like five or six wins and, you know, <laughs> the Packers with six or seven, something like that. And here's the thing. If they lose Rodgers, they're probably not going to be trying to run run anything back remotely. So they're probably looking to get rid of some bigger contracts that they have. They're probably going to cut some guys. They're probably just going to take their cap, which would be the smart thing to do. I mean, that's the right thing to do is to just, you know, get yourself in a better cap situation than try to, you know, build around Jordan Love. And realistically, you're just putting a lot on the defense then at that point because, you know, yeah. if the defense, if you don't have players on contract years like Jair Alexander and Rashawn Gary, I'd be a lot more inclined to say that it could possibly be a last place finish. Um, yeah, but I just figured you'd have players like that would be working hard. Um, and then who's your wide receivers if you lose Devonte Adams? Devonte Adams isn't sticking around for Jordan Love. I mean, there were multiple times in the games where Jordan Love just blatantly missed him by a mile, and Devonte Adams like looks around like, "What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> like, what, am I, am I, I'm not going to deal with this." You know? I think it, it would. You, they might retain Lazard, and you'd see someone Best like case scenario. Varquez, Scan, uh, Van Quistanley, Bluff. I mean, sure, St. Brown rest. will still be there, but there, there's no way. <laughs> <they're> not, <yeah. laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, it, Amari it's, Rogers. And then maybe whoever they could pick up in the draft with that compensation. So maybe they could get someone like, if they wanted to draft them, they could get Traylon Burks. But that they, doesn't come for a year after, though. Oh, you're saying the compensation from trades. Yeah. yeah I get what you're saying. So, Sorry, I thought you were meaning like uh, comp picks from no, letting not, free agents walk. Oh, yeah, not comp picks. But, you know, yeah. let's say, you know, they trade, they do a tag and trade with um, Adams and then they end up trading Aaron Rodgers as well. They're going to have some serious, like, you know, draft <laughs> draft picks. But, you know, maybe they can go ahead and pick up a couple of these up and coming guys. I think Traylon Burks would be fantastic and is up and coming, you know, a star for the NFL. But, yeah, it, it's not going to be anything enormous and impactful right away. And as far as veteran receivers go that have NFL experience, yeah, not not much to be had there. And then a, another guy you have to think that's leaving this year for sure if Rodgers gets retained is Devondre Campbell, who had an all-pro year, um, which is kind of hilarious that he got in over Roquan Smith. I mean, he's not – he had a great year, but it wasn't nearly the years that – it was a great year for him you know it was a great year for him and he's been the best inside linebacker they've had since uh did, who is that oh, god i'm blanking his name <laughs> no oh yeah of course aj hawk aj hawk was a stud but i'm thinking more so blake martinez that's oh, what i was thinking yeah. of um blake martin he's been the best since blake martinez for them who was kind of a you know at least a surefire guy i think he went to the giants in free agency i don't know what he's doing anymore <laughs> if i'm being completely honest um yeah. but yeah no i i um it's going to be tough for the Packers, man. It, if they, if if Rodgers is retained, then I, I do think that they win the division. If he's not retained, would not surprise me if they're last in the division, if I'm being completely honest. Um, and then it'd be kind of weird because then it's like you're kind of looking at the Vikings or the Bears for that num- for getting that playoff spot, and you're like, hmm. <laughs> who's gonna that's do a, it you know <laughs> who's gonna bounce them in the playoffs now? <laughs> right <laughs> at, at um, this point that's kind of what it seems like you know but as yeah. as the season plays out i'm sure you know one of the two teams would be catch a little bit of fire gain some momentum but yeah i if aaron Rodgers leaves I, I don't think anyone from the nfc north is gonna be talked about as a true super bowl contender that's for sure 
Yeah, I agree. That being said, a lot of NFL analysts do talk themselves into Kirk Cousins every year. We'll move on from that. Yeah. All right, man. Well, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about the Bears now. We've spent some good amount of time talking about the the rest of the division. How should we approach this free agency? Because this is, again, we talked about it at the, at the start of the show. This is a crucial year. Uh, obviously, the, the little trope we use every single year. This is a crucial, big time for this Biggest Bears year team. Yet. <laughs> but in... In all seriousness, though, and I understand the, the how, how hilarious this kind of is, given that we've covered this team for a couple of years, this is a really big year because we have the young quarterback. Last year was about getting the young quarterback. This year is, okay, you have the young quarterback, showed a lot in his rookie season. How do you handle this in a way that he still has the proper talent around him to develop while at the same time thinking about this team for the long term? What what do you I mean what what first off what's your strategy going into free agency? Yeah, I think going into free agency, I think that the Bears, um, you know, if they want to go out there and make a splash signing like Teron Armstead, I'm all for it. You know, I'm all for bringing yeah. in, um, you know, a top talent like him at that position and building on the offensive line. I feel like in free agency though, and I, and I don't blame them, and I think this is maybe the way they should go is you know building some some really good depth and you know finding some players that are at least going to be good holdovers or potential like solid pieces moving forward um i I don't see the bears making any super big splashes this free agency period i could be off on that we don't know much about ryan poles we don't know much about this new front office quite yet um but I think they're going to keep it fairly conservative, but also at the same time, there's going to be, there's going to be a good number of signings. Like there's a lot that needs to be done here on this team on both sides of the ball, especially with the scheme change defensively. So I see the bears in this free agency period, cutting out some of the dead weight. Um, and mm-hmm. we'll get into a little bit more. I could see them even moving a couple bigger pieces, um, you know, just to get, you know, potential maximum value out of it and move forward and get this rebuild done as efficiently and quickly as possible. Um, so I think they'll target a couple decent sized names at the wide receiver position. Um, and, and I could see them going after some of the bigger names along the offensive line. Um, but I think as far as big names go, that's probably where we're going to hear most of the talk and everything else is going to be, you know, quality guys that have built solid experience within the league. Um, and our, our quality players and then really looking to finish everything off in the draft. So I think it's really going to be mm-hmm. trying to seal up as much as possible before the draft. And then they're going to move on from there. Yeah. And that's, that's the difficult thing is that free agency does happen before the draft and free agency. The weird thing is that free agency is a lot more controllable than the draft too. I always thought it would have been interesting if it was flipped where you do the draft first because then you can kind of go more best player available and then fill in your holes with free agency. Um, but, you know, I, I, I do like the free agency. Uh, I think that the the Players Association pushes for the free, for free agency to be first over the draft because then you can get some more guys' contracts, obviously. Um, listen, I agree with you. I think we should be looking for good value mostly. Um that's kind of the best way to build a team. And Ryan Pace did a really good job with this early on uh, in his tenure with the Bears. And guys like Akeem Hicks were on stellar contracts throughout their uh, time. Danny Trevathan was on a great contract up until this recent one that he got. Um, his first contract, I should say. He was on a great contract. Um, 
a lot of guys were on favorable team favorable contracts and that was kind of ryan pace's specialty and bringing especially on defense i should say and especially bringing even Allen robinson outperformed his contract that he got in 2018 um he also had his fair share of free agency misses don't get me wrong but ryan pace did do a good job in the beginning of bringing in some well-valued contracts um that being said in this one i i agree we need to keep that perspective in mind I, I think we need to get a left tackle though. Like I think like the number one thing that's going to impact Justin Fields development over who he's throwing to over, you know, who he's handing the ball off to. And none of that matters unless we get this offensive line. Right. Right. So I think you have to make a strong push at getting the best left tackle that's on this free agent market. Uh, you won't regret it. Like, that's the thing yeah. is like, like, sure. It might be, he might only have four years as a bear until he needs to retire. And sure, there's guys like uh, Cam Robinson, who's only, what, like 26 or 25? But he's not nearly the left tackle that Teron Armstead is. You know, he's not even... I mean, you could argue he might not even be as good as what uh, Tevin Jenkins could be at left tackle. Uh, it, I just... It makes too much sense to make a strong push at the strongest left tackle candidates in the market and then just getting a lot of players back to their natural positions. I think that if you just add that one piece, this offensive line goes from being a fairly bad unit to one of the better units, um, especially with Tevin Jenkins going to right tackle. Uh, Larry Borum can either be a swing tackle or he can play guard for us if we don't keep James Daniels. Um, but if we do keep James Daniels, then it could be Borum Daniels at guard and then move Cody Whitehair back to center, which I think just makes so much sense and would resolve a lot of our issues on this team. Um, after that, man, it's like, okay, you look at the wide receivers. We're not going to be in play for Devontae Adams. So if you're a Bears fan, get that out of your head. Devontae Adams is not going to the Bears, nor would he even want to go to the Bears at this point, unless he just has this on like he can he's willing to forego winning a Super Bowl in his career just so he can be coached by Luke Getze again, which I don't think is going to be the case. Um, he's not going to come to the Bears, nor would the are the Packers even going to let him freely walk in free agency. He's going to be tagged and traded if he's not retained by the Packers. So it's just clear as day. Um, but there are other guys on the mark that we'll talk about in a little bit that I think are kind of like that step down option, um, that I think could be some good players. Um, ultimately this team does have pretty good cap space this year for the first time in a while. Um, but we don't want to, you know, sell out on cap right now. We want to make sure that we build like we want to make sure that we're getting good contracts on the books. So once this team is prepared to make that next step into a playoff Super Bowl contender, then you can sell out and try to get all the free agents you need. Yeah, and I think that's exactly what they need to do. There's no reason to even, you know, <laughs> unless the right player is there, you know, i.e. a Teron Armstead where he might be someone that's going to soak up 19 million of that cap, then go and make that deal. Um, yeah. But I don't think if they can't make that happen, there's no 
I don't have a qualm with this team leaving, you know, an extra 10 mil of cap space. Um, that's yeah. completely fine. And I don't need them to quite reach that. I'm content in knowing that this team is not a Super Bowl contender this coming year, um, barring some just massive changes and a massive turnaround, um, which I know the Bengals did, but it, it's it just never works out quite like that. Everyone likes to make exceptions as soon as they do see the exception. And I, mm-hmm. I think that's what the Bengals were. Um yeah, the Bears have opportunity to clear some cap this year. I, I think, frankly, that's you know one thing that's not looked at too. I mean, this year is an opportunity to get rid of players, and you know sometimes it is addition by subtraction. Even if they are someone that did bring value to your team, which may seem like a nonsensical thing to say, but you know I, I think what you're ultimately trying to hit at Austin is this is you know more so about 2024 than it is about 2022 right now. Um, so or 20 or 2023 yeah I I think it could be exactly like I ultimately I I do think that the best this team let me make this clear if Justin Fields is really good this team will be very competitive next year that's just how it works in the NFL that's what happened with the Bengals that doesn't need to be the scenario though Justin Fields can become really really good in his third year like you know uh Josh Allen for instance um, a lot of quarterbacks take uh, that extra third year to to go past. We need to see Justin Fields look better than he did in his rookie year, obviously. But as long as we see that positive growth in the right direction, he doesn't need to be absolutely stellar next year. I mean, he's only going to be 23 next year. That's the other thing people forget is Joe Burrow's 25, going to be 26 next year. Uh, he's been in, He's a much older quarterback than Justin Fields was by three years, even though he was only drafted a year prior to Justin Fields. Um you know, I, I, I do think that uh, I, I think that there's a lot of positive moves. And we can have up to like $65 million in cap space before we start re-signing some of our guys. I mean, we talked before this episode. Uh, we, we, you know, handle a lot of our, uh, our analysis of the Bears cap space through a, a website called Track, which I highly recommend anyone check out. Um, they do a really good job of keeping track of all the free agent contracts to the best of their abilities. There are some things that you recognize are off, but it really is a, a fairly good tool. And just by doing things like cutting a guy like Eddie Goldman, who seemed like he didn't even want to play last year, if yeah. I'm being completely honest. Um, and then, you know, cutting, you know, some other guys like Danny Trevathan, who's just lost a step. And, uh, you know, you, if you wanted to, you can cut someone like, uh, like uh, Nick Foles, we, we kind of talked prior to the show that it doesn't really make a whole bunch of sense because you'll only be saving a couple million dollars. Um, and Nick Foles is a pretty good backup. I mean, we talked specifically about the Seahawks game prior to the show. Um, but then also, I mean, you can restructure a guy like Khalil Mack um, and do some other restructures. I mean, you can get even up there towards the 70 million if you want to really restructure a bunch of contracts. But as we talked prior, uh, we're kind of looking towards the future and it's almost better to take that cap hit this year than down the road. Yep. So you might as well for a guy like Eddie Jackson and Cody Whitehair, uh, just take the cap hit this year and deal with it. But even when you just, you know, release a guy like, uh, like uh, Eddie Goldman and you restructure Khalil Mack and maybe move some money around, um, you can be kind of creative with it. Um, and it, even if you if you trade or restructure Robert Quinn, uh, you can reach that $65 million cap number really easily. Yeah, and I think that, you know, a trade with Robert Quinn is something for them to explore, certainly. And I think that might strike a lot of people, um, especially, I mean, I have a lot of respect for Robert Quinn. I, you know, I, I his first season with us, I was 
you know, had a lot of criticisms about him as far as his lack of production. He really turned it around. I mean, setting the sack record for the Bears is something that that should Huge. be noted. And you know, he's going to be known around his, around this city for a long time because of that and because of the work that he did. And he was really a bright spot for this team last year when there weren't really that many bright spots. Great leader. But I think what has to be noted, and I think along with the defensive shift as well, um, and it's back in the four three scheme is just you know. Which, to be fair, Robert Quinn had his best years in the NFL under the 4-3 scheme. Right, and not even saying that he couldn't do it. Um, I, I think mm-hmm. that he certainly could. I, I think Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn's defensive ends next year could be phenomenal. Uh, I'm not quite sure mm-hmm. if it would be quite as beneficial, just because I think being in that outside linebacker in the 3-4 just lends itself, especially to an aging pass rusher, is just being a little bit easier on them. Um, you're always going to have someone lined up in front of you in most scenarios as a defensive end, not all the time. Um, but when you're in that 4-3 defensive end, you're likely going to be kind of running into that contact a little bit more initially. Um, and, and I think that the Bears just have enough depth at that edge rusher, at least in just believing in like someone like Gibson um, in their progression. What a great and, year, by the and, way. And seeing Angelo Blackson at 30 years old or 29 this past year, playing well and also Mario Edwards someone that was um, hurt this past season who gave us a lot of production in that year where Robert Quinn wasn't producing as much so I think as far as just getting compensation back and getting just a little bit more off the books is just I don't think Robert Quinn is gonna be you know someone in 2023 or 2024 that we really can lean on so it's almost just like do we just Mm -hmm. get a year ahead of this you know right now and get the max value for him possible Mm -hmm. And we've, we've talked about this. I, I strongly believe we can get a second thir- second and a third round pick, maybe in exchange for get, giving Robert Quinn and a fourth round pick, um, a future fourth round pick, I should say, since we don't have a fourth round pick this year, which I, if that happens, you have to pull. You, 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 you have to do it. You have to do it because that could really jumpstart this rebuild pretty significantly. And we're calling it a rebuild more like a retool. I mean, it, it's kind of semantics at that point, if I'm being honest, but... Um, you know, this isn't, I, I struggle to say rebuild because it's not what Ryan Pace had to deal with when he came here. You know, that yeah. uh, that's kind of, that, maybe that's just a my biased Bears fan mentalities. I always think worst case scenario when it's a rebuild, but, um, you know, certainly there's a lot of young talent on this team that we can start building around. And, uh, but I think we, we just kind of want to hammer on the same point, which is this is going to be this off season outside of maybe the left tackle position needs about be about adding good young players on great contracts. That's, that's what this free agency should be about. Yep. Yeah. And I can't, I can't really agree with that more. And it doesn't necessarily lead to, to great conversation, but there's, there's really no need for the bears to stress, stretch themselves this off season. It just isn't the one next year. Let's go for it. If there is that positive, that forward step and, you know, if this Bears team, let's say Aaron Rodgers leaves and the Bears fill that gap and become division champions, I think it just becomes all that more logical. But even yeah. if the Bears finish in second place this year in the division and, and maybe, you know, they're down in the mix for the playoffs the past couple of weeks but don't make it, it's just all the more reason. Give them, give yourself the opportunity to do more next offseason as well. It doesn't have to mm-hmm. stop this year. You don't have to fix and address the issues especially the offensive line let's keep justin field justin fields healthy um, but at the same time you can still leave a little bit more room for progress next year it doesn't all need to be solved now mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I agree. I would prefer if that's not on offensive line. <laughs> but, well, that's what I'm but, saying. Yeah. I'm saying offensive yeah. line, I think that they really have to make a conscious effort because I think if you're this serious year. about Justin Fields being your franchise quarterback, you got to keep him healthy. Um, I think Seriously. that's just bar none. Um, even this past year, I mean, look at the Ravens um, with Lamar Jackson and, and someone that's yep. a totally different quarterback, but you want to talk about a team that really just kind of fell off the map and I'm blanking on the backups name that beat the bears. And he kind of actually quite made quite a name for himself. Oh yeah. But, um, you know, I, I think that that really threw them off and, and changed them. And it's just, you don't, I don't want to be after worrying about, you know, injuries sneaking up in the third, fourth year of Justin Fields career, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that's like kind of the Deshaun Watson scenario where you just never give him i mean deshaun watson had a really good rookie year for his short showing before he got injured um but then his second year he it wasn't as great because they just i mean he was dealing with like punctured lungs and like just broken ribs and like we saw you know justin fields break a rib and like it's just that broken ribs is never something you want to hear about your quarterback we just I think that that is the one thing like it's finally time for us to just fix that. And with, you know, Ryan Poles and Ian Cunningham, even um, both having offensive line backgrounds, I, I think that we will, we will actually make a conservative effort to uh, address that position. And I, I hope that comes in the form of Toronto Armstead. I think it makes too much sense. I hope we do it. Um, it just, man, it just makes too much sense and it keeps staying in my mind. So if we're going to make one big splash signing this year, that nothing makes more sense than the bears going after Toronto Armstead. There's not a single better move than the bears signing Toronto Armstead. Um, I think the real question is, does Toronto Armstead at 30 want to play? Is he going to chase money or is he going to try to chase another ring? What's he going to do? Um, but I guess we'll see there, but should we talk a little bit about these wide receivers? Let's. All right. All right, guys. So this is going to, you know, commence the uh, the start one of our main offseason topics, which is going to be every week we're going to take a deep dive into a free agency positional breakdown, uh, specifically of the positions of need for the Chicago Bears. Um, this week we're going to start off with wide receiver. Next week I'm sure we'll do offensive line. I figured we talk about offensive line extensively in this podcast, though, so that's why we uh, we didn't do it this week. Um, but we're going to go through all the top names in the market, all the rumor names on the market for the bears. And then talk about some, maybe of the supporting cast players, guys, you might not necessarily think of mentioned like Byron Pringle from the Kansas city chiefs. Um, But first off, we're going to start off going line by line of really the top names in the market. So something I think should be said first, uh, the bears aren't targeting Devontae Adams. So we're not even going to yep. include that here. It just doesn't make any sense, right? It doesn't make any sense. We're sorry, guys, if you want it, I would love for Devontae Adams to be on the team. It's not going to happen because the Packers are not going to let him walk freely to begin with. And on top of that, I think Devontae Adams is going to want to ring and rightfully so. Um, and, or go where Aaron Rodgers goes is the other, is the other thing as well. Um, but let, and also Allen Robinson, we're not going to mention him. He was already on the Bears. So let's start off I with what I view as the top name on the free agency wide receiver market, Mike Williams. Mike Williams. Yeah, and I think Mike Williams is certainly someone that would give this team a big boost. And as a wide receiver, um, especially in like body type and skill set, that they mm-hmm. haven't had for quite a while, you know, probably since the Elshon Jeffrey, Brandon Marshall, Brandon oh, yeah. Marshall days. Um, 
So I, they have not had someone like that, and I think it's a crucial asset to go and get someone um, that's at least like Mike Williams. I, I would be more than happy if the Bears decide to pick him up. I'm not sure if they're going to make the run for him. Just for whatever reason, mm-hmm. I just kind of get the feeling that he's not going to be someone that or the Bears aren't going to target him, um, even mm-hmm. though they probably should give him a good look. Um, but as far as like skill set, I think he's everything you'd want, especially for a young quarterback like Justin Fields. Um, yeah. He can go up there. He can climb the ladder metaphorically to go up there and make the catches. And also, too, I mean, kind of an underrated yards after catch kind of person. There's a lot of times he makes yeah. those contested jump balls corner and he gets open deep too corner which is weird (laughs) corner or safety falls down and uh you know he's he's on the way to the end zone i mean he's a big play receiver and it fits right into what um the bears should want with justin fields which is that explosiveness and i think he had fit in very well with that Mm -hmm. yeah mike williams he's 27 uh as of now he's one of the younger free agent wide receivers on the market right now um he also had a thousand or eleven hundred yards this past season fifteen point one yards per reception nine touchdowns uh and uh, seventy six receptions total and his market value is set at around sixteen million per year um I think this is like the guy if you're the Bears that you're looking at if you're gonna let Allen Robinson walk which you probably should he makes a lot of sense because I think him and Darnell Mooney would complement each other really well. And you're really ideally looking for a boundary guy. You don't really want a, a slot receiver. You want more yeah. of a boundary guy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when you compare someone like him to, you know, Godwin, who I presume would be kind of next on this list, even, mm-hmm. even with his ACL injury. Um, yeah, just totally different players. And Godwin has a great skill set. Um, you know, maybe a little bit crisper of a route runner. Um, so it can make it happen a little bit more in the feet in the middle of the field. But yeah, I think exactly what you said with Mike Williams, he's totally on the boundary that you're going to watch this man make, you know, <laughs> 75, you know, 60% of his catches right there along the sideline. Um, mm-hmm. and also too, I mean, that back shoulder fade, <laughs> um, yeah. he can catch that. He can bring it down consistently. He's a red zone. A la target. Jimmy Graham. Yeah. He's a red zone target. I mean, you can go up there and throw the ball to him. And, uh, yeah, I think he brings a lot of skill set. That 16 uh, million number. I think is a fair, uh, evaluation for him. Whether or not the bears are willing to give him that 16 might be just a little bit too much for him this year. Um, and I'm not sure if that's exactly why they're, I'm not feeling like he'd sign here or not. Um, but yeah, I think Mike Williams, I think he's a great A candidate for this wide receiver grouping. Just for whatever reason, though, I get this feeling that I don't know if the Bears will make a really strong push for him or not. Yeah, it's kind of hard to say with this new uh, GM. And that's the big thing, though, is like solving the red zone issue. Mike Williams is like the perfect wide receiver to solve that red zone issue. Uh, that we have had plague this team. Obviously, scheme is going to solve it as well, but it's just so nice to have that guy that you can split out wide and then have the rest of your wide receivers in a bunch formation on you know your left side and have him on the right side and just be like, okay, number one option, we're going to him. It, he might be able to draw some extra coverage. You can get the slot wide receiver to kind of sneak in or a little tight end sneak in too. Or, or even just like drawing guys out from being able to crowd the line from David Montgomery. Yeah. Like that was another thing that yeah. got rarely mentioned last year in the red zone is just like we also couldn't really score on the ground because our wide receivers weren't getting open and drawing extra coverage. We were just getting man 
beaten by essentially man coverage in the red zone <laughs> every single time, which is ridiculous. Yeah. And I think even the point you said with Mooney working well with someone like Mike Williams, I, I don't think it's the the best comparison in the world. But someone like Keenan Allen. I mean, look at yeah. look at that Chargers offense and look at, you know, that relationship that Justin Herbert was able to have with Mike Williams and also Keenan Allen. I think they both went over a thousand yards of this past year. Um and, you know, Mooney has a skill set that's pretty similar to Keenan Allen. You know, Keenan Allen's kinda like a legend. He's been doing it for a while and, you know, mm-hmm. Mooney's gotta put in some more work to get quite up to that point. But it, it's similar enough where you could be like, Yeah, I could see Mike Williams and Mooney, you know, kinda working out similarly in an offense to, you know, what he did with Keenan Allen. And then we just have yeah. to see if, if Fields could reach that uh, Herbert level. But um, yeah, you know. We'll watch it happen. We'll watch it. Happen. That's that's the thing too with Mike Williams is he gives you a big margin for error on where you put the ball. Oh, most definitely. And and, yeah. and that's that's like the the big thing I've always been critical of Chicago Bears wide receivers is like the ball over the past couple of years always had to be perfect. Even with Trubisky, like it had to be exactly perfect for them to catch it. We just didn't really value that catch radius. Guys like Allen Robinson did get some good catches and, and make some crazy catches. But for the most part, I mean, we're talking about guys having the ball bounce right off their hands because it was a little too high. It's like you you can't have that happen. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, no shade at Cole Komet there, but maybe a little bit. All right, let's go ahead and move on. You're right. You predict the next one, Chris Godwin. Uh, so Chris Godwin... The downside here is he tore his ACL. He's still projected to get about $18 million average salary. So he's actually viewed as a higher uh, candidate than someone like a Mike Williams. But the reason why I list him a, a little bit lower and as pretty much like the second main free agency target is that he is a slot guy for the most part. Now, we've talked in the past that a pure slot receiver uh, is kind of a thing of the past in the NFL because there's so much variability with guys moving inside, guys moving outside. Um, and I, I wouldn't, I don't doubt that Chris Godwin would be very productive here. Uh, but it's just something about getting a guy that it, it, a big body guy like Mike Williams that's you know on the outside to me seems a little more appealing than someone like Chris Godwin. Even though I think Chris Godwin is probably the better receiver. Yeah, I mean, overall, as far as having, you know, a variety of skill sets and being able to be used in, you know, a larger variety of scenarios, I think. sure. Really good possession guy, too. Yeah, you give that to to Godwin. But, yeah, it just doesn't seem like he's not quite the person that the Bears need. I mean, would he be a boost to this offense? Like, most certainly. Um, But I I think that, you know, when it comes to complimenting, you know, one of the two receivers they currently have on the roster, you know, Darnell Mooney, who's, you know, kind of what you have to build around in this receiver grouping right now. Um, You know, I I think that it's not the perfect pairing in in that right. Um, But, yeah, as far as skill set goes, I mean, Godwin is is phenomenal. And, you know, we've seen he's only 25, too. Yeah. And we've seen the operating out of the slot. I mean, you know, not that we needed this huge season from Cooper Cup to to quite prove that, but I think you know, yeah. Cooper Cup and the rise or resurgence of of guys like like that, and it's really utilizing the slot wide receiver is something that's really kind of currently evolving the NFL offense. Um, but at the same time, I, well, Getzy, I think is going to bring in some new and fresh ideas. He's also not someone that's like completely on like the brink of like always bringing in these new offensive schemes and all that kind of stuff that we attribute to some of these other offensive minds around Mm -hmm. the league. So 
overall, um, Godwin, you know, if the Bears signed him, would I be happy? I mean, yeah, I'd be elated. Um, at the same time, though, uh, as far as, you know, logic is concerned, I don't think he's the, the most logical pickup for this team. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with um, what you said. The thing is with Godwin, too, is that ACL is a little bit concerning. Uh, he's super young, so it's not a, a huge concern. Um, but again, he also is someone that put up 1,100 yards, got 98 receptions, so more receptions, uh, less yards per reception, which is pretty typical of slot receivers. Um, I, I do think he'd be good, but then it's just like to me, if we sign him, the one thing I'm like, okay, who's playing the other outside receiver? Are we drafting a guy? Uh, I mean, that seems a little risky for if Justin could, Fields' second year. If you could draft a guy like Pickens, I mean, that would be lit if you get someone like pickens and then you'd have moody and then you got someone like godwin working on the slot i mean that would be phenomenal i'd be all for it um yeah but that's if they can get pickens (laughs) i agree and i think that i think they will have a shot at pickens it just depends on how badly they want him you know (laughs) do you want him at that top pick i i mean i think he's gonna be a number one wide receiver someday so maybe maybe you grab him there um Okay, well, let's go ahead and move on then. Uh, the, the the next guy has been talked about a lot from a lot of Bears fans, Michael Gallup. Um, Michael Gallup, I believe he is also around 25-ish. I was actually a huge fan of Gallup. I'm pretty sure he came out in 2018. He was with Colorado State. He just looked so good. Um, and he had a great year last year. I think he had 1,000 yards with the Cowboys. Um, my concern with Gallup, I feel like he gives you a lot of just what Darnell Mooney kind of gives you already, which he's a big speed threat. He is a, he is a bigger guy though. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's the benefit, but it's not like you're getting this. Like I, I like, I I like my wide receiver room to be built like a basketball team. Like, you know, the old saying goes like you, you got, you got to get guys with different skill sets, different abilities and use them uh, to that advantage. That being said, if you look at where uh, a guy like Ryan Poles comes from with the Chiefs, they kind of all dra- get these like <laughs> fast guys, guys, you know? Yeah. yeah, they're all kind of similar in what they do. So maybe he makes sense there, but and ultimately, I would be much more excited about Mike Williams or Chris Godwin than someone like a Michael Gallup. That being said, Gallup also has significant injury issues and tore his ACL this year, but his salary is only projected to be about $12 million per year, and he's 25 years old. I, I love Gallup's game, frankly. Uh, someone throughout the year, I really always kind of eyed the Bears to pick up, and him getting that ACL injury really kind of was a little bit of a setback to that, but I was hoping that it might drive down his projected contract a little bit. But I think at 25 years old, he has a really good skill set, like you said, You know, when he's coming out from Colorado State. Um, certainly had his flashes, and I think he's proved it in the NFL, and he's he's done well. And I think Dak's a good quarterback, but it's not like he's working with the best out of the best down there. Mm-hmm. Um, I frankly, I would like to see Gallup here. I, I would be I'd be happy to have him be part of this team. Um, I do think, and, and hopefully, we'll see if if I have to bring him up on our own or if he's going to end up being on the list. I think there's another guy that, frankly, I would pick up over him just on a skill set. Um, kind of basis but I would not be upset with Michael Gallup I think that yeah like you said he's got a little bit of that similar skill set to Mooney Um, he's not quite of a jump ball threat as someone like Mike Williams but he still is a little bit bigger and body size and I think that the pairing between Gallup and Mooney could work out quite well like you said the Chiefs have 
you know, have a, a, a wide receiver room with, you know, differing styles. And just because you get Gallup and, and then you have Mooney, and it also gives you a little bit more range to pick up, you know, maybe a little bit more diversity in the wide receiver room and, and something through the draft. That, that always has to be taken mm-hmm. into consideration as well. Um, yeah. And it, Gallup has a lot of experience out of the slot too. Yeah. So. I, I think you can put Gallup really anywhere along wherever you need him to be as far as that wide receiver position is concerned. Um, I would feel really good, you know, using him on the outside, but also working him on in-breaking routes. I mean, he works the middle of the field mm-hmm. well, but also works the boundary decently as well. So I, I would be all for a Gallup pickup. Uh, I think likely with the injury status, though, I think the Bears will probably take a pass on him. Yeah, and you have to wonder. that. By the way, that could make him a really good deal, too. So this well, is just a projection. That's what I was hoping. As soon as he had that injury, if I was like, if he could, I mean, if seven million a, a year home runs. Oh, exactly, exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's just that twelve million. You're like, uh, if he can't stay healthy, then it's like, uh, you don't really know about that. Uh, the next guy that we're gonna t- and, and oh yeah, one thing I wanted to also mention about Gallup fits Justin Fields' skill set really well. I mean, at Ohio State, if you look at all the guys that were put around Justin Fields small fast guys gallup is a big fast guy right uh he's, he's a really big fast guy actually i mean so i think if you want to get chris olave without drafting chris olave you can pick up someone like michael gallup <laughs> you yeah know, yeah that's yeah that's a good point and I, I said he's really big i don't think he's like he's not huge he's six one but for like a fast guy that's like for I mean, well be six in seven general. no okay yeah <laughs> yeah true <laughs> uh exactly um, all right, but let's go ahead and move on. This next guy, I remember really closely following him throughout the draft process in 2018 as well. Uh, that's DJ Chark, uh, who's from LSU. Uh, with the he was with the Jaguars. Uh, obviously, didn't get a lot of uh, he didn't get to showcase his best ability there. But he had a thousand yard season last year. He was injured this year. Someone that also consistently dealt with injuries. Similar mold to Michael Gallup, though. You know, he's he's similar. He's a he's not he's he's a bigger guy, I believe. I believe he's a similar height to yeah. someone like a Michael Gallup. And uh, as far as like versatility, I actually view him as a more versatile player than Michael Gallup. Uh, I think that he, he's a better route runner than Gallup is. Um, maybe doesn't have quite the speed that Gallup has, at least on film. That's how it kind of seems. But he's still a very speedy guy. Um, but again, not a guy that always draws this double coverage, uh, like some, like you know, you'd you'd hope. Um, but still, a very talented wide receiver. Really, big question is injuries. Simply put, man, I think this is I think this is who they should go after. Really? I, I think I think they should I think they should really target DJ Shark. Um, I, I think that, like you said. And by the way, I just actually looked it up. He's actually six four. I did yeah. not realize that's. How I was going to say jump ball ability. I think next to Mike Williams. I don't think there's a better. I mean, of course, we're not talking about Devonte Adams as well in this kind of whole scenario. But when we're talking about jump ball ability, as far as best of the rest, aside from Adams, go. I, I think that. I mean, I think Shark is the number two right there after Mike Williams. Um, I you know just looking at some of his tape, he makes a lot of really good contested catches, which is not what we've seen from the Bears team in the past. Um, he's a red zone threat, works the boundary really well, works the middle of the field well. Like you said, you can kind of put him all over. I would like to see him flex more on the outside. I wouldn't want to see him playing out of the inside all too much. 
Um, I think as far yeah. as complimenting, mainly for injuries, in my opinion. Yeah, and I think yeah that goes comes into consideration too. Um, and I think as far as complimenting someone like Mooney's skill set, well, I, I think this is someone that's like a perfect target for Justin Fields, honestly, because I think he has yeah. the the speed to create separation um, and also make big plays after yards after catch. And then also too, if he's looking for like a forty yard pass along the sideline or just a little bit removed from the sideline, there's a lot of tape of him where he takes the initial contact or a little bit of like that bump as the as a cornerback is going up to make the play and also takes the hit from the safety as well and keeps the ball and makes the catch. I, I liked a lot of the tape that I watched from him. Um, I think, yeah, by far the biggest red flag and signing DJ Shark would be injuries. And I think when you go along that basically every other one of these wide receivers has been dealing with injuries. Um, I, I think it makes it easy to put some money on Shark. Um, and I think the deal that you could get him on would be very favorable as well. I, I really strongly feel the Bears should be should be targeting someone like them. Yeah, and someone that's looking to only get about $11 million per year, so slightly below Gallup. I'd actually prefer, I think, Shark over Gallup. With Gallup, the, uh, here's the thing is DJ Chark was in an offense where he essentially had to do everything on his own, whereas even all the prior three guys we've mentioned so far, Mike Williams, Chris Godwin, and Michael Gallup, all these guys are in really successful offenses. Yeah, I mean, Shark was drawn the number one, unless I'm completely wrong about Jaguars football here. I mean, I believe that you cha- are. No, I, I believe that Shark would be drawing that number one cornerback matchup, you know, just about every week. Yeah. So uh, the big concern again, though, is injuries, and it's not like an Allen Robinson situation who's also coming over from the Jaguars. Funny enough, not only would we have Matt and Ryan again, but we'll also be getting the Jaguars' number one wide receiver. Uh, but in all seriousness, the other the, it, injuries are a big concern for DJ Chark. So that, that's something you do need to consider here. Whereas Mike Williams didn't. How Mike Williams hasn't been that injured with with the past with, couple his like first year he did his first year yeah. he had injury troubles and then he's been able to keep it clean from like there on out really and Chris Godwin until this ACL tear has been very healthy yeah um, so so yeah. yeah I mean of course the Bears have you know amazing luck with injuries too but <laughs> you know <laughs> we we Great won't point, talk about Reese. that great point <laughs> all right and he's be he's being uh he, he's he's kidding just for any there's every once in a while we'll make we'll make a joke and uh i think a lot of people uh will take it seriously uh, yeah. on youtube i've noticed yeah, i guess yeah it's a good point for future notice i have a very dry sense of humor um, so our <laughs> listeners should probably take note of that <laughs> <laughs> great awesome awesome reese thank you for announcing your type of humor to all right um let's go ahead and uh talk about this last guy uh, i think it's worth mentioning um someone who had a lot of success when he came into the league kind of fell off but i think could be a tremendous value for this bears team and that's juju smith schuster oh dude no we're really talking about juju smith schuster right now listen his projected cap value is only like seven million per year he's a slot receiver we need a slot receiver he came off before he got injured this year last season he had like 800 yards out of the slot being the number one wide receiver for the pittsburgh steelers his antics with tiktok and stuff can be quite annoying but it's like you can't 800 yards at seven million per year man that is a great deal <laughs> like that, there's not there's nothing to deny that would be at minimum a great deal yeah i well yeah and, and you know ben roethlisberger was trash for these past couple of years exactly so and I he's think, 25 too 
And look, I, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster, I really liked his college tape too, um, coming out of USC. Phenomenal player, phenomenal talent. Um, it, I, I guess I do have a little bit of those personality kind of qualms with him for, for what he does, and, and kind of I think he made Chase Claypool into the receiver that he is today as well. <laughs> um, he, he rubbed off quite a bit of influence on him. I, I, I think that oh, it's so tough because you're right. As far as value goes, there's probably no one else on this list that you could get for such a great value and just have it be like a home run pick if it all works out yeah. right. Um, at the same time, though, it's just like if things don't go well initially, though, like where's his mentality at? Like, does he end up pulling like something like a Allen Robinson where it's like, all right, we're, you know, 10 games in the season. We can tell this man's not trying anymore. Or no, are- I don't listen. I don't I don't think so with that. Here, here's what I'm going to say. I think Juju, as far as like, I think he's a, a great person and like a, even like someone that's like um, as far as like being like he'll stick with his team and he's very devoted to the game. I wouldn't be so concerned with where Juju's mind's at, but if we're sucking midway through the season and he's still recording his little TikToks, (laughs) I think that might rub the other players the wrong way. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, exactly. And, I mean, he was dealing some injuries himself too, right? I mean, that's why he wasn't playing. This year. Yeah, I mean, this year he had injuries, but he's been fairly healthy, man. I mean, people forget how damn good he was his first, like, three years. Well, he was especially good when... Antonio AB. Brown was still there. Yeah. When he was the number two, he was perfect. As soon as he became the number one, though, let's be honest. I mean, I think he was kind of underwhelming. Yeah. And everyone, well, that's why everyone would... in Pittsburgh drops the ball, too, which I don't know if that was because of the point. way Roth- Roethlisberger was delivering it. but yeah. Probably part of it. Yeah. I mean, who knows? I, I don't know. I'm still on the fence about that one. but I wouldn't want I wouldn't want him to be the only signing. But if you get someone like a DJ Chark, and then you're like, okay, we want to double dip at wide receiver, go and get Juju Smith-Schuster, then you have a wide receiver core of someone like DJ Chark, uh, and then you have Darnell Mooney, and then you have Juju Smith-Schuster. That's pretty good. That's pretty good wide receiver core. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. And I, I do want us to finally get someone out of the slot that's at least halfway decent. You know, I, I, I feel like we've really struggled to have that. Um, as, as Anthony Miller was supposed to be that guy. He just never turned out to be that guy. Um, He's got know, plenty but, of opinions on Matt Nagy, though. Yeah, certainly. Um, <laughs> he, he is also on the Steelers, by the way. Kind of interesting. Um, all right, but let's now, uh, now that we dove into some of the top names of the wide receiver class, let's talk about maybe some of these guys that we will add on in addition to another wide receiver through free agency kind of some supporting cast guys because we need to remember we need essentially five more to we need to get five wide receivers throughout the draft or free agency or whatever it may be in order to kind of complete this unless we re-sign someone like a marquis goodwin or something you know something like that maybe that goes i mean jakeem grant i'd be fine with them re-signing yeah yeah and he should be i i guess i sometimes forget that he's actually even a wide receiver because he plays mostly uh, i view him mostly as a returner but he he did actually like pick up pretty well at the end of that art this last season i think we should re-sign him even though he's 30 um having a good return game is just good for a football team overall um, so you might as well keep him and i think if Tariq cohen can come back healthy that could be awesome too um but so yeah maybe worst case best case scenario we need to get three guys so maybe you get a high-end guy like a DJ Chark or Mike Williams, and then maybe you get a guy in the draft. So that's like two guys. Maybe you then 
dip into this kind of secondary class I'm going to talk about. Um, someone that's talked about that I'm I'm not a huge fan of, honestly, is Christian Kirk. Um, not a big fan of him. I mean, why not? I think at the right value, I think he's fine. Yeah, I'm and that's curious. the thing. That's the thing is he's valued at like twelve million a year. Oh, no way. And yeah. yeah, no way. And that's that's why I was saying like just a, a side guy. So that's why I was like, nah. Jamison Crowder, also not a huge fan of. Similar value, twelve million a year. Not a huge fan of that either. But so a, a couple guys I think are worth mentioning. Byron Pringle uh, from the Kansas City Chiefs. He was productive for them. Uh, yeah. he, he caught some important catches for that team. I mean, if you watch Kansas city, he was constantly getting his name called. Um, he's just, he's not as explosive as, uh, obviously Tyreek Hill or a uh, McCole hard. Yeah. Um, and I think that's just why you, you don't quite hear his name so much, but I think fundamentally, um, and especially at a depth, you know, three, a uh, third or fourth wide receiver, I mean, starter, I, yeah. ideally a fourth wide receiver. I think he's perfect in that position. Yeah. Exactly. And then two other guys that I want to mention just kind of to round it out, unless you have any other names. Uh, I think the Bears are going to end up signing either Marquez Valdez-Scantling or Alan Lazard. I think it makes a lot of sense, uh, given that they know uh, uh, Getsy's scheme. I think that makes a lot of sense. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, a lot of injury issues, but not going to have a high contract value at all. And Alan Lazard is getting maybe $5 million per year. And here's the thing with Alan Lazard that I think is really worth mentioning. Even though I'm not a huge fan of either of these two guys, Alan Lazard is a really good blocking wide receiver. And the Bears have, in the entire Matt Nagy era, none of the Bears wide receivers were ever able to block. Yeah. Seriously. They're, they're all god-awful at it. And when you have a, you know, a Shanahan tree scheme, you need to have wide receivers that can block because of all the, you know, if the quarterback's either rolling out or, you know, you're going to do a little lateral pass, you need to have guys that are good at blocking. That's why that's a huge reason why Matt Nagy's scheme never worked here is because there was just never any good blocking wide receivers. Yeah. And I, th- I think when it comes down to MVS or Alan Lazard, I'd probably rather have Lazard and I'd be fine yeah. with that pickup. I, I think that would be, um, like you said, as far as the blocking goes and also someone too, I mean, works the middle of the field. Well, uh, maybe not always a home run Catches guy. passes. I mean, he's made a, a couple big plays in his time, but not always a home big run dude guy too. Yeah. So I think that he'd be worthy, worthy of a pickup. And as far as other guys that I have my eye on, I mean, I think I'm more so like my eyes are more so on the draft as far as being able to pick up some of these depth guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's a really good point. I mean, there's a lot. They do need to pick up, you know, a lot more players kind of in that, you know, they need to fill out a fourth, fifth, sixth, um, you know, wide receiver. And I think, sure, maybe you can throw Jakeem Grant in there. And I'm I'm okay with bringing back Goodwin. Um, but, yeah, I, no one else is really completely popping to my mind right now, though, unfortunately. Just if we're mentioning the draft outside of George Pickens, who we talk about extensively that we really like. Um, someone like uh, Al- Alec Pierce in the draft for the slot, I think would make too much sense if you're going out and swinging big at a boundary receiver like Mike Williams rather than going back and, and spending more money in free agency. Getting a guy like Alec Pierce for the slot, that'd be a fa- uh, fantastic pickup in my opinion. Uh, you mentioned Christian Watkins uh, before or the show. Watson. Um, is it Watkins or Watson? It's one of the two. Watson. It's Christian Watson. You're right. Um I'm a fan of Christian Watson. Um, I think, I think that he he's gonna be he might go a little higher than um, he might he should though because I, I agree yeah. fourth round like you were mentioning, 
makes a lot of sense. If he's going in the first round or a high second, I'd be a little yeah. Little fourth concerned. fourth round is a home run pick. Third round it becomes really borderline, and I'd really be fine with the Bears not picking him and and picking up someone else who they think has greater value. Um, so obviously that yeah makes second round out of the question for me. Um, but yeah, I think if they could pick him up in the fourth, if there's a chance that he doesn't completely you know rise up the board, I think he's a home run at that pick. Um, I know a lot of people talk about um, Bell from Purdue a lot. Not yeah. not crazy. Yeah. Um, not crazy about it. I think he is an NFL receiver, but I don't know if he's anyone that they need to burn a second or a third round pick on. That's for sure. This could completely come back and bite me, but I kind of get a similar feeling from Bell as I did with like Riley Ridley, if I'm being completely honest. Like you kind of think that there's that ceiling, you know, like there has to be a ceiling there. Um, And he makes big catches, but he just, for his size, he's not a, he doesn't have great size and like he, uh, he doesn't get that great a separation either. Yeah. He's not elite at any one thing either, I would say, you know. I mean, I guess he is 6'2", but, I mean, I just feel like I I would like to see him do a little bit better job, you know, getting those contested catches and such. Um, But I I don't think it would be a bad thing. Uh, Some guy that keeps getting mentioned in the draft, Chris Olave. If he's there, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, again, kind of similar to uh, to, uh, Darnell Mooney is the only concern. Yeah, and I, I understand the whole familiarity there. Um, I think if you're really looking to bring one former player that uh, Justin Fields have played with realistically from the Ohio State team, it would be, is it Ruckert who's there tight on? Oh, yeah, Jeremy Ruckert. Yeah, I think that that would be a worthwhile pick and one that they could probably make in the fourth, fifth round. Well, obviously, they don't have a fourth round pick as it stands, so ideally in that fifth round. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I don't I, I mean, as far as those Ohio State receivers go, I think having fields with Olave would be very nice. Um, but I'm not a hundred. I don't think the Bears need to really force anything to make that happen. You know, it's no Jamar Chase Burrow situation with that. I don't think. I agree, man. This has been a long podcast. I did not even Marathon. recognize that that this is almost an hour and forty minutes long. So, um, I think that's about it, man. Any last things you got to say? Not at all. Not a word. All right, man. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for uh, joining and we hope you enjoyed this podcast and uh, bear down. Bear down.